0: Hey, welcome in to another episode of Stub Me Down. My name is JW, and as always, I'm joined by my best friend and co-host, Skinny. Skinny, say hello to the people. Hey, everybody.
1: What's going on? Very happy to be here. I really, I don't got much for the beginning of this. (laughs) I don't know why that is. I just, I can't say hello. I can't say hello.
0: Go ahead, man. I didn't have anything to serve serve you up this time. Usually I can give you something to riff off of. So we are here. This is episode seven, Skinny, of our second season. And we have had so much fun so far. These episodes have been really cool. Today's episode is going to be really cool. On the last episode of Stub Me Down, we completed our conversation with Craig and Carrie from The Lot by Primal Soup. Craig and Carrie had joined us and we spoke with them about The Lot by Primal Soup, which is a virtual lot of show-related vendors, music-related vendors. and Craig and Kerry stubbed us down on an awesome show, one you know by date, August 9th, 1998. We had such a great time. We talked about the first set of that show in part one of episode six. And then we wrapped up the second set, including the famed Terrapin Station Encore in part two. And what a special show just to talk about overall. They played that really touching Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Real nice You Enjoy Myself in the second set. The first set featured a really fun Bowie to close out the set. And then there was also that really nice Bathtub Gin in there. And they had also played a pretty good Bathtub Gin the previous year in 97 at Virginia Beach. So Virginia Beach had a good couple of years run there. And it was a lot of fun to obviously make some new friends, have those guys on and learn a little bit about the lot by Primal Soup. Carrie has a shop called Miss Bliss Designs. And yes, that is, for those of you that might recall, the first couple of seasons of Saved by the Bell, which I loved the throwback there. What a cool thing to make some new friends, help to promote the lot by Primal Soup and talk about a really good show, which is obviously what we're trying to do. And Skinny, also, I don't know if you knew this or recognized it, but the very last Dinner in a Movie, which Fish just had the other night, was a show from 1991, 7:20, July 20th, 1991 at Arrowhead Ranch. And that was Craig's first Fish show. So that was kind of cool to... Get to see that show after he had talked about being there in a crowd of like 900 people. He's about to hit his 30th Fishiversary and his 500th show. So kind of cool to see where the band was when he started seeing them related to where they are now. That was also skinny in 35 Dinner and a Movies. The first show featured for us actually had a dinner and a movie. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's pretty cool. I mean, the best thing I thought about that conversation is we got the essence of the lot from two different perspectives. The first being Craig's perspective as a fan, which we're very familiar with and we've talked about several times on this show, but also the essence of being a vendor from Carrie. To me, that holds that free living I don't know, hate Ashbury, Marrakesh type of shakedown experience is something that every fan can connect to, especially bands that have have that scene outside. You always kind of look forward to that. Maybe you're going to find some really cool poster that you want to put up in your living room, a t-shirt, merch. Now, everybody loves merch. So I think it was really cool just to hear their perspectives and give us that essence, because that goes back also to the Philosophical questions that we always ask ourselves, not only is it what about the music that keeps us coming back, but now it's what about the community that keeps us coming back and they shed some light on that for us stuff we already knew, but stuff we didn't know. So that's what I thought was really wonderful about that conversation. As far as dinner and a movie is concerned. Yeah, I tapped out last year. So They start at eight o'clock, bro. I'm I'm already hit hitting the sheets by then, man. I'm I'm old, man. Eight thirty. That's I shut my eyes or have everybody loves Raymond on or something like that.
0: <laughs> well, I watched pretty much all of them. They were awesome. It was so cool that the band did that for us, especially if you go back to the beginning of the pandemic when things were bleak. The Effort by fish to do dinner in a movie, and to have the organizations that received the donations through the Waterwheel Foundation, the dinners that they made, community that kind of developed around watching these together. While we're not out of the woods quite yet, and you know, I it's going to be interesting to see. The tour is traveling to some places that probably might be a little bit lower on the vaccination rate end, like starting in Arkansas no offense to anybody that's in Arkansas. We love Arkansas, I guess. I don't know. I've never been there. It'll be great to get back on the lot. I can't wait to meet Craig and Carrie and Brian and all of our other friends that we have we have made along the way because of Stub Me Down. And it's just so cool that we've had the opportunity just to have them on our show and make some new friends, man. We started this thing out, and that was one of the things we said in the first episode was we wanna try and make a couple friends along the way as we talk about these shows, obviously spend the time together. We got a couple good ones with with Craig and Carrie, so I'm, I'm super stoked to, uh, to hang out with them. And I've got Carrie helping me out with a little birthday surprise for Megan too, so that should be cool.
1: Oh, nice. Well, that's good. What I have learned, too, is that the community is so good out there, especially with our partnerships, which we always mention, and we will today at the end of the show, is that we're giving and receiving like we we're giving them some stickers and promoting them. And we will do that on tour as well. And we I hope to meet all those people because those connections are what's really important about the community that connection that word is a very strong word so watch they're gonna wind up opening with that or something i don't know
0: connections when i see the connection (laughs) yeah you're a good singer thank you there's probably a lot of noobs that don't know that song (laughs) (laughs) i've seen a couple of those live, skinny that's so funny
1: yeah i saw one down in i think charleston But I can't remember. I could if we were talking about it specifically. But we're not. We have another show to do today. The last thing I will say is having these partnerships, these connections, and these friends now, it's going to make this experience in Summer Tour a little bit different for us because now we've built this community. There's a little bit of notoriety. There's some common ground. And I think that just makes for an excellent experience. And we can't wait either. Not This household is very excited for that. Yeah. As are we. As are we.
0: We should also be getting, I think, a pretty good band performance. Trey Anastasio just wrapped up a bunch of shows. He was doing some solo acoustic shows. Of course, he was bringing in the Rescue Squad Strings, and he had Jeff Tansky, and Paige McConnell actually joined him on Saturday, June 19th at Saratoga Performing Arts Center. We covered a show from SPAC in Episode 1 of Season 2, Nearly Epic. We talked about June 19th, 2004, fish show from SPAC. And Paige came out and played a couple of songs with Trey. I love the picture of the two of them hugging. It just, it hits you right in the heart. And Paige came out and played Mountains in the Mist, Sleep, Waste, and Sleeping Monkey with Trey at the end of the show. So really cool. I think the boys are going to be pretty tight. Trey did a couple of shows at the Beacon Theater after that. So he's definitely playing. Gordon posted a video the other day from rehearsal, from him practicing. You know, Fishman works like eight to 10, 10 hours a day practicing his drumming. I'm pretty excited. Tour starts in just a couple weeks. So skinny, it'll be interesting when this episode drops. We'll be in the thick of it as far as tour is concerned. It'll be interesting to see what the perspective of the music is then, but I'm going to make a prediction that it's going to be pretty fucking badass
1: yeah i don't really like to make predictions because i like to hit it and just experience it as it comes day to day try not to live in the future too much try to live in the present but we're going up the day before which will be our one year anniversary of our wedding to be up there and be ready i'm sure the stage will be set up if not it'll be almost done i'm sure and That's just going to make for a lot of anxiety, as you call it, nervous belly, like what's going to happen and not that I am going to freak out. I'm not freaking out, but I will be kind of freaking out show day. I'll just be like Jojo the Idiot Circus Clown, all ready to go. You know how it goes.
0: My family has a term for that skinny. So the term is journey proud and you might recall sailing on a boat named Journey Proud years and years ago. We talked about that in the first season of Stub Me Down. But Journey Proud is that feeling of excitement, nervous energy, anxiousness, enthralling feeling that you get when you're about to head out and do something new or go out and take a journey and have an experience. So there will definitely be some Journey Proud feelings when we head into our first show in Deer Creek. So I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. I usually settle down once the first notes play between now and then there's a lot of that feeling so I am trying not to worry about it quite yet but it's you know it's a lot of checking your pockets for concert tickets and looking at your watch to make sure that you're getting places on time and and stuff like that so if you are new to stub me down the premise of the show is that skinny and I over the years have collected countless ticket stubs from shows we've been to together in the 21 years we've been friends And separately prior to that, or maybe even shows that we have known each other but have not been to together, what we do is we randomly pull a ticket stub, and we use that show as a jumping off point to talk about the music, to talk about our friendship, things that have happened along the way, and to take a closer look at something from a different perspective. Today on episode seven, Skinny is going to be stubbing me down, and I always get a little bit nervous because I don't know what direction he's going to go in but I'm pretty sure today's show will be a lot of fun to talk about.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about. We're not going off in any sort of weird direction here. We do like to do this straight format. We love having guests on. We like the straight format too, and sometimes we do throw each other curveballs, for lack of a better term. I'm ready to stub you down. Are you ready for me to stub you down? Yes, absolutely. Well, let's get to it. All right, Josh. So Fish from the Xfinity Theater in Hartford, Connecticut, July 9th, 2016. Really good show. Solid. You weren't there, but somebody really important in my life was the first time that I had been to a
0: show with them. Pretty exciting stuff. That's cool. I do know this show. I've heard it a few times prior to you stubbing me down today. Fish has played a a good bunch of shows in Hartford. It's a, I wouldn't say a regular stop. They played it five times in the 3-0 era. Probably most notably was the October 27th, 2013 show. Talk about a show loaded with heavy hitters. The second set was just bomb in that 2013 show. Chalk Dust, Torture, Tweezer, Haley's, 2001, Fluffhead, Slave to the Traffic Light. They went heavy hitter in that second set. Really well-played show. I think that this is a great one, and looking at the set list on this one, some very nice heavy hitters. On paper, this is a very, very strong show, so I'm excited to talk about it. I mean, in, in 2016, you know, that was kind of a weird tour. We had done The Man in Philly, At the end of June, we caught a couple of nights there. And so those were some fun shows as well. 2016 was an awesome year just in general. We started off the year, Megan and I started off the year in 2016 in Mexico for Fish's first Mexico experience. I asked Megan to marry me down there. We got married on July 30th. We then went on a honeymoon and then came back and then we went to Dick's. We went to Vegas that year as well. Actually, we talked about one of those Vegas 2016 shows in the very first episode of Stub Me Down. So 2016 was a pretty impactful year musically and personally for both of us. So I think talking about this show in light of the other things going on in our lives and you know new beginnings for us, I think is pretty cool. So I'm definitely stoked to get into this one.
1: What a busy year that was i'm I'm glad we're still friends (laughs) (laughs) we traveled a lot together there was probably a couple take it easies and fights and you know but we always get it back together the wedding was an unbelievable experience for those of you that don't know i got to officiate that wedding so that was really awesome did an amazing job by the way he did an amazing job thank you very much thank you very much. And (laughs) thank you very much. I, in the meantime, had just met my wife, Amy, earlier that summer, aka Highway Jill. We met uh, on an Orioles bus trip and I wasn't even going to go on this bus trip. Kelsey's, which is a local pub by us, had an Orioles bus trip and I came in there and they're like, you're going to the game tomorrow, right? And I was like, huh? So I guess I had drank a couple Miller Lights and decided that I was going to go to this game about two or three weeks prior and had paid for it, which was even all the more remarkable, I guess. It comes to find out that in this bus trip, Amy sits right in front of me and we start to talk and... Her friend mentions that she is also a fan of fish because they asked me what I was listening to. I was by myself, so I was kind of listening to music and having a couple beers on the bus as we got down there. Now, I knew some people. It wasn't like I didn't know anybody, but then we hit it off and started talking and then subsequently started dating. After I got back from the man, I was like, we should go to a show. Closest show and as far as tour was concerned was Hartford. We had to get up at five in the morning. We got a Airbnb or it was like a bed and breakfast. Actually, it was this bed and breakfast place, which like your grandmother probably would be comfortable staying in. It had like the four post bed, the Laura Ashley wallpaper or whatever. You know what I mean? It was very nice. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) It was definitely not made for the Wook crew, I I guess. We be lined it up and and Amy drove that first leg. And uh, right after the GW Bridge, which has traffic at any time of the day, and by the time we got up there, that's what we were trying to beat was that traffic over the GW. We didn't we kind of marked around and, and went straight to Hartford and hung out before the show and had some lunch, but went and saw our first show. And and that was the first of many experiences, not only with Amy, just in a relationship, but now as we're married, we're seeing shows all the time. We just had the great opportunity to go out to Red Rocks and, and see an old band that I, I've i liked for a long time, Big Head Todd and the Monsters. And it was the first time I'd ever been at Red Rocks for a concert. So to have Amy there and, and do those travels, and also with you guys. So we have traveled plenty of places together as a crew to see different shows. And this really started it. I mean, she started a blaze from one tiny spark I didn't even detect. So the rest is history.
0: Yeah, I will absolutely agree with you there. One of the absolute best things about Megan is her love of music. And that we can share that together, go to shows together. I know that that is something that you and Amy have as well. And if my partner was not interested in going to see music like I am, I don't know, that relationship might be doomed from the start. It can cause problems <laughs> taken <it> from me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um we do have some great music to talk about. You want to get into this set a little bit?
1: Yeah, go ahead. Let's run it down.
0: All right. So we are talking about Fish from July 9th, 2016, Hartford, Connecticut at the Xfinity Theater. Interestingly enough, Skinny, the previous night, Fish had played in Mansfield, Massachusetts, and they played at the Xfinity Center. So they played at the Xfinity Center one night, and then the next night at the Xfinity Theater. So those corporate entities really making their mark on that 2016 tour. What's the difference? (laughs) One's a center and one's a theater, I guess. I don't know. I haven't been in either venue. So for this show on the 9th of July from the Xfinity Theater in Hartford, they opened up with Pigtail, MoMAdance into Birds of a Feather, Meat, Vultures into Free, Let Me Lie, Haley's Comet into Julius, and they closed the first set with You Enjoy Myself. A pretty decent set. Again, as I said a little bit earlier, this is a great show paper. When I say on paper, it doesn't mean that it was bad once you listen to it, but I think as we'll discover when we get into talking about some of these tunes, that this is a great show on paper, well played not necessarily anything that really gets too out there but a very solid 3.0 fish show i mean starting off with a pigtail they hadn't really played that this was only the third time that they had played pigtail that's a Trey band tune i think that that was on traveler and the last time they played it was 2018 so this is a little bit of a rarity in the fish lineup they played it i think at the baker's dozen of course they were trying to throw everything at the baker's dozen to play 13 nights of no repeats so but pigtail you know fun one to get started here i was just gonna say i'd never seen that song
1: so you know i'd probably only heard it a couple times i was like oh pigtail pretty interesting that they opened up the show with that i don't know is that the first time they ever opened the show with that or
0: had they opened it before i wasn't clear on that So, Pigtail has appeared in set one in all of them, and yeah, it opened actually the June 22nd, 2016 show, so that was only two weeks before this, they opened the show with Pigtail as well. So, a couple times as an opener just in that summer of 2016. So, an interesting one to put there. The moment Dance comes in next. We talked about the moment Dance when we had Craig and Carrie on, and we talked about how it originally was a song called Black Eyed Katie. It was just an instrumental. And in that version that we talked about from the August 9th, 1998 show, it's about a 10 minute version. And the first five minutes of it just about was the intro now we get to kind of where moma dance is today and the intro was only maybe about two two and a half minutes long so you can see a little bit about how that song has evolved they just now kind of get into it and get out of it a little bit quicker than they did back in the day
1: yeah, and it seems like in these first two songs, I can just tell you as someone that was there, Pigtail, obviously, people are still filing in from the parking lot. We had parked pretty close. I paid like the extra money. To park. I mean, it's the least I could do, considering, like, Amy got us up at five in the morning and it's like, let's go to Hartford, <laughs> like, oh, I think I could take care of the parking. <laughs> and that pigtail on that MoMA dance, the crowd had not filled in. Now, as the set comes around, you know, three or four songs in, then it started to really pick up. I mean, we were right in front of the walkway. They have a walkway like every venue does right before you get to the shed part. It's very large. We were right in front of it. So we had good sight line. We had great sound coming out of there. Very large venue. It was really, really big. And I think those two tunes kind of, it's almost like Fish realizes not everybody's in here yet. And they didn't stretch out that MoMA dance. I don't, I'm not saying that's the reason why. And I think as you see the show go on, they kind of just stack the deck without really going anywhere with any of these songs. It's not like they just cut them off, but they didn't extend them or play them super long or get into like crazy, crazy jams. Dance*, to your point, is they did not. I mean, it's
0: only seven minutes. I think that's a good description of the set list, and then listening to it, the evaluation of it as well. They kind of stacked things up, but they didn't really necessarily take anything out for any sort of a crazy ride. It's interesting you talk about how the the venue was still kind of filling up at the beginning of the show. This is a Saturday. It's the middle of summer. Maybe people were hanging out a little bit longer. I know that it rained at the end of the show. Was it a, was the lot scene affected by the weather? I know we always talk about the weather, right? And it usually only rains in Philly, but here you are in Connecticut. I know that when you uh, we get to the end of the show, I know that the weather was not that good on the way out. Was the weather an issue? You know, pre-show um, as you guys were getting there and hanging out.
1: No, it wasn't. We were, you know, we definitely tailgated and hung out, and everybody was. Some I mean, people were always very kind and and we were kind of up close and people still had their pop-ups it was a little bit of drizzle it was a gray day certainly wasn't cold by any stretch of the uh, imagination might have been a little chilly
0: and what was the lot scene like we talked a lot about the lot (laughs) with craig and carrie and different spots different locations were welcomed more often was this just kind of your typical lot everybody was cool everybody was having a good time yeah they
1: actually had a vending area that was really looked like it was procured by the the theater itself by that venue i guess what you would probably have to do is buy like whatever a one day license or they let you set up in this one area and so we walked through there a couple times and It was very chill. There was nothing nefarious going on, as it were, and people were having a good time. Now, there was a back lot scene as well. But Like I said, we parked right kind of near the theater. So you walk out of the theater, our car was like, you know, the second or third row. Uh, We didn't see anything that would be that tribal situation (laughs) that we've all been a part of.
0: I'm just always curious, especially when... People are still kind of dragging their feet, getting into the venue after the show has started. Um, And of course, especially vendors and stuff, they got to break down their stuff. And that takes a little bit of time. Just always interesting when the venue is not almost full. Of course, the last time I was at a show to see Fish was on New Year's, so I think everybody probably raced right in. Plus, there's no lot scene, uh, you know, <laughs> New York City. There, um, it's really just kind of milling about in front or or hanging out in some bars prior to that. But so the MoMA dance they take right into "Birds of a Feather," which this is a super tight version, real quick, only less than seven minutes, but real quick. Trey gets into some real nice licks there. This is another one, another repeat from that August 9th, 98 show that we talked about in episode 6. You mentioned your affinity for Birds of a Feather, and, and I really like the allegory of Birds of a Feather flocking outside, and all of us out there in the parking lot, and it is a perfect kind of environmental fish song, I think. A great summer tour song. From Birds, they then go and play meat, and then they play vultures. So you've got Birds of a Feather meet vultures. So there's, a, I feel like maybe a little bit of a bird theme in there with some meat kind of that the birds are going after or vultures circling around. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know what to make of that. I didn't at the time until
1: uh, you see the set list again, like as you peruse over what you're talking about or, or what you're thinking about mm-hmm. and after you listen. And then I saw that thematic birds of a feather meet vultures. So I guess the birds died <laughs> They were turned into Meat, and like you said, the Vultures circled around. Vultures, actually, I really like. I think that has like a really beautiful intro. I I can take or leave Meat. It's just, again, it's one of those songs that, yes, I know it. I don't want to say tolerate. It's just not one of my favorites. I am always get this thing in the middle of a set list where I'm like, all right, I'm ready to move on, but then I have to wait it out kind of feeling. And, and I don't like that feeling too much because I don't know what to do. I don't know where to stand. I'm like, I should just go to the bathroom. You know, it's it's a very un, uncomfortable feeling.
0: I, I could see meat being like, you, you probably would put like, whey in the same category as meat. Right. Exactly. Kind of the little bit out there, strange, uh, Gordon-heavy type tunes. I get it.
1: Yeah, my arms are crossed. What am I going to go up there and be like, look, guys, (laughs) you know, I I disagree with what you're doing out here. (laughs) So, you know, you don't have the opportunity to do that. It's not your say. You don't have a say in that. So what do you do? You just tolerate it.
0: I do really like Vultures. Vultures is a great tune. The last time they played Vultures was on July 14th, 2019 at the Ruby Waves Alpine Valley Show, and that was a show full of bust-outs. And obviously the Ruby Waves is the monster that everybody knows about. But Vultures is always very cool to see. And they've only played it four times since this 2016 show, so a little bit more of a rarity these days. So it's always nice to get a Vultures. They followed that Vultures up with a just about a 10-minute free This is a pretty bomb version of Free. Not that it goes out there, but they break down the song at like 340 when they do that heavy bass drop. Gordon really does some cool funky stuff right through the middle of that. Trey runs a little bit of a delay loop. So I really enjoyed the Free. And a mid-set Free, I think, is just a good song to kind of get everybody on the same page grooving, especially when they get to that bass drop and it's... And everybody just starts to kind of get into sync a little bit with the music. That's a great crowd engager as a song. And this is a this is a pretty fun mid-set version
1: here. Yeah, and free does that to me too. It has a mid-song breakdown that everybody can identify with it. I think Reba has a mid to end song breakdown that everybody kind of soars up to and waits for and it crescendos, and you're just all that excitement gets let loose and it's a really strong version it's one of the longer songs of the set and then they dial it back with the let me lie but that let me lie hadn't been played in a long time and it's a really strong version of that I know so I don't want to hear that there but you know you got to kind of bring it back a little bit. I like when they dial it back, especially if it's something that I can identify with. And Amy and I, after seeing that, we listen to that song all the time. So that was definitely on repeat for us um, after we went to that show. And as you said,
0: let me lie was a bust out here the last time they had played that was in august of 2010 i looked it up it's 229 shows that's a pretty significant bust out and let me lie was on bar 17 which came out in 2006 Uh, and then fish also included it on party time yeah I saw a really cool acoustic version of this at Festival 8 in 2009. That was a pretty cool, the Sunday they did a, an acoustic set and, and this was a very pretty version. And I like the song. Y- you definitely need a s- couple slowdowns from time to time. And, and this is one that's not gonna get me upset. I might've gone to get you a beer if I had been at the show, but. Well, that would have been nice because the rest of the set is fire. Yes, I would definitely want to make it back for the Halley's Comet, Julius, and you enjoy myself closer. The Halley's Comet was pretty standard, not very long. I mean, this thing didn't even come into six minutes here. The Julius was a good rager, and Skinny, I know that Julius is not one of your favorites, and I have to take a minute and ask why, because Julius is a great tune. It's a party tune. I used to hate Hoist. When the, I first heard Hoist, I thought that the whole album was terrible and that Fish was awful and that I would never listen to these guys again. Okay, I really got that one wrong. What is it about Julius that you find offensive? I don't find it offensive. I, <laughs> I just think
1: after a while, it just ended already. <laughs> Everybody likes that part at the end. Don't blame it on yourself.
0: Don't take another step. You don't want them to take another step.
1: I don't want them to keep taking another step. <laughs> they keep repeating the same thing. I guess it drives me crazy. It's kind of like a Susie Greenberg. Susie! Susie! Yes! Yes! Susie Greenberg. Yes! Yes! Hello! It's the same thing with Julius. I'm starting to
0: find out. Maybe I don't really like fish. <laughs> I'm going to need to start keeping a list of of these songs because every, I feel like every time we talk, you're adding another one to the list. I mean, obviously, I know that there are a few like Mound that you definitely do not care for. And and I knew about Julius, but I didn't realize that Susie Greenberg is now in this uh, list as well. We're, I'm going to have to start keeping a checklist. <laughs> As we have discussed in previous episodes of Stub Me Down, there are only really two fish songs that I think Destroy a set, and I can usually get over them quickly. I won't name them here. You'll have to go back and listen to previous episodes of Stub Me Down if you want to figure out what those songs are. But Skinny keeps adding to his list, so I don't know. Maybe in another couple of years, another couple of seasons of our podcast here, He's gonna have like forty percent of the catalog crossed off the list, right?
1: And then they'll have to play like all covers or something, or like a three-song second set with like a bunch of <laughs> like a bunch of jams in it that are just you know fun to dance to. And
0: they go back to cal funk. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I I do know that you liked the last song that they closed the set with, You Enjoy Myself. Not a very long run through here, and you're probably not gonna get a monster, You Enjoy Myself, to close a first set. But this is a pretty cool version. Fishman had The Marimba Lumina was set up behind his kit. They were really having some fun with that. Trey went back and played that. He had Mike come and play the keys. It was a little bit Walfredo-ish with the band kind of moving around to different instruments. Paige was on the bass. They do a bunch of strange sounds. You can really hear the crowd reacting to that. A fun you enjoy myself to close the set. What would you think of that? I liked it a lot. I mean, I love when they switch directions like that. It
1: keeps the fans on their toes. Just for instance, yeah, I don't like Julia. But then I'm like, oh, they're playing a first set. This looks like it's probably nine to 11 songs in. You figure that's the end of the set. And then you enjoying myself is going to really come in probably at around anywhere from 20 to 25 minutes. And then the fact that they started playing around with that, as a matter of fact, in Miami, New Year's run, uh, we saw them use that as well. Trey got back there for, I think, that Weekapog groove, which is just a monster, Weekapog. They were fooling around with it then. So I always love when they find something new to fool around with and then present that to the fans. I thought that was definitely interesting. And again, like you said, it's not this some um, incredible you enjoy myself. As a matter of fact, it's a good version, but it's. It's cool because they did that. That's what makes it a little bit different than other versions of You Enjoy Myself. But again, it's not like some monster Y M. Who
0: doesn't love that to end the first set? So just to review the first set from Fish in Hartford, Connecticut at the Xfinity Theater on July 9th, 2016. The band opened the show with a Trey Anastasio band tune, Pigtail, Momodance, Into Birds of a Feather, meet vultures into free let me lie haley's comet into julius and they closed the first set with you enjoy myself so you get the you enjoy myself haley's comet i think i would consider haley's to be a heavy hitter it is not a heavy hitter version here but certainly getting a haley's in the first set is a lot of fun you got a couple of first set staples or kind of standard delivery staples with MoMA. Free is going to be another one. And Birds of a Feather, too. You know, that's a song that they're going to drop in. They can definitely take that for a ride, as we have seen on many occasions. But that's just a fun kind of staple fish tune that you're going to get. So they're kind of sprinkling a few of those around with a couple of those heavy hitters. So fun set. The highlight's going to be the closer there with the You Enjoy Myself. And always fun to see the band start to do wacky stuff when they start playing other instruments. That's a little bit of a rarity. That's a little bit of a treat for fans to get and to be able to say, hey, yeah, I was there when Paige started playing the bass. you know. And, And so that always makes for a fun show experience as well. Getting into to the second set. Skinny, I think you know what they opened the second set here with. <laughs> Down with Disease, into my favorite, Sand, into Tila, Carini, into 20 Years Later into run like an antelope into backwards down the number line which closed the second set and they encored the show double encore here skinny with the lizards and loving cup let's start right at the beginning of this thing man you constantly are talking about down with disease opening the second set for shows that you are at so i wanted to look and see what some actual numbers for second set Down With Disease openers looked like. And I gave you a homework assignment and asked you to look and see how many Down With Diseases you had seen to open a second set. I think I actually was able to figure that number out for you. I've seen 34 Down With Diseases and 13 times Down With disease has opened a second set. Jeez that's crazy
1: i did not do my homework by the way so i failed homework for this show but you know i will have to go back and look at it maybe i will before the next episode so that we can kind of briefly go over those numbers i'm not surprised that's that's a large number and here we go again It's not like I don't like this song. I actually like Down With Disease a lot, but I think the problem is is that I'm confronted with it all the time. Can't you pick another second set opener besides Down With Disease? And again, this is a rager. The white lights come up, it's dark by now. People get really jazzed for this after waiting anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes during a set break. You're ready, you're ready to rage. Second set usually has this ability to take off and into outer space, whereas the first set kind of gets. You settled you might hear some stuff you really like that second set feeling is man I I cannot wait for the second set I still got half a show I I wonder what's gonna happen and then they open up with Down With Disease and it's just because I've heard it so many times I want to kind of feel something else besides a Down With Disease and I get it dancing on my lawn everybody's partying I said, you know, the white lights come right up in your face. People do a lot of fist bumping, and well, what's that? Bumping or pumping? Fist pumping. <laughs> I don't know what a fit. fist pumping. If you're from the Jersey Shore. <laughs> All right. Right. They do a lot of that Jersey Shore stuff, and I guess then they can take it into the nether regions where they just totally fall apart and go type two with it. And this version actually is almost 20 minutes. It does enter into that territory, and. It's interesting what they do with it. I could have said, if in my perfect world, I would have rather started it with the sand going for 20 minutes than a disease. But they chose the disease this night. Not disappointed. I'm, I'm happy. You know, we're having a good time. Sounds great. Well,
0: I figured that you have seen 10 down with disease. Second set openers, which I mean, that's roughly 10% of the shows that you've been to. So I don't know what that means, aside from 10% of the shows that you go to have a Down with Disease second set opener. This is a very nice version of Down with Disease. There's a great jam the last 10 minutes here. Right around the 15 minute mark, Trey and Fishman are absolutely destroying this thing. Trey starts this repetitive hook that he gets going. Fishman, octopus like. We talk all the time about John Fishman. This is some of the most intense drumming you're going to get from him during that little segment there. I mean, it it sounds like he's hitting every single thing in his kit. It blows my mind. And then a nice version of sand here that, of course, they can put a sand anywhere, any show. I'm going to be loving it. So that first 30 minutes of the second set for me, I was completely digging it. This version of Sand, there was some really nice interplay between Trey and Paige, and the two of them were really pushing this thing through. And that started like, not even four minutes in, Trey and Paige were just intertwining their playing. It made for a really cool middle section of the Sand to get this second song of the set going.
1: And see, that's the thing. I mean, you're almost like proving my point because I think we've discussed in earlier episodes that Right now, the way sand is played, it's it's really like eight to 10 minutes. It's a much different version. I still love it. Don't get me wrong. I love the song. It's like a choice. I wish I had the choice at this moment to be like, nope, stop. Go type two with the sand again. Like stop running through these run of the mill versions for lack of a better term. I don't want to say run of the mill because they're not. Have that at the top of the set list instead of down with disease there. That's my preference. That's my preference.
0: Well, Sand is a little bit, as we've talked about, Sand is a little bit of a different tune these days. Back in the day, could turn into a 15-20 minute ambient, dissonant jam with, you know, kind of a steady droning baseline, and then the rest of the band kind of jumping in and around that. And they take that out for 20 minutes. That was like the version that we had in the June 29th, 2000 show from PNC. Right, your second. show show. Really deep version there. I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with the Big Cypress Sand. And even the version they played when they came back, when they played that 2009 version at Camden, when they came back from the breakup, that modeled some of those late 1.0 versions. Now, in 3.0, Sand is maybe 8 to 10 minutes, pretty straight ahead. There will be some intricate guitar playing. There'll be some good interplay between the members of the band. It's rare these days that sand is going out there like a disease if you're going to get a 20 minute down with disease open you're going to get probably eight to ten minutes of that disease being maybe ambient maybe type two and you just don't really see that with sand anymore i'm glad that we have those versions that you can go and, and listen to and i would love to see sand come back to that type of form who knows maybe they will they i mean they just use sand as the new year's gag Um, They can do whatever the hell they want with it, as long as they play it.
1: (laughs) You sounded a little sad when you're like, they didn't play it 20 minutes anymore.
0: I definitely, I caught a a hint of sadness. I do lament that it has become so solidified as this nine-minute piece while they do different things and there are definitely some very strong versions of a nine-minute sand, I-, I wish that sometimes they would make it a little bit more exploratory like they have in the past. It's, that's the way they are and, and we know of other songs that have evolved in different ways and it doesn't mean that they can't take it out there. There was a great version from Vegas in 2014 that they took out there. So it's not that it doesn't happen, it's just on a less frequent occasion that they do make it into something more exploratory which leads up to the next two
1: they're stacking the deck here anyway so i figured let's look at these next two which is Tila, which a lot of people are chasing and i've seen a couple of these and then karini these are two songs that they could take especially karini way 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 out of bounds but they do not it's like they're stacking pancakes you know what i mean like a cartoon version of a pancake. It's stacked from the first song all the way to the bottom, and it's got that big piece of butter up top, and it's just all stacked, and they're about the same size, right? And they're stacked up on the plate. They're not, one's not thicker than the other, except for that disease, and they're all kind of just, you know, the way that they did the show is very interesting. I don't think we've talked about anything like this. Usually, when we talk about a show that there's always at least three or four, five songs that, kind of go deep and there's something abnormal or very very interesting to talk about where here it's just like these are great songs Tila, like i said i know people are chasing that karini like to hear karini in a second set when it's dark man karini can be a very deep sinister tune it's not it's just not i mean it's good but then they're just like all right we're moving on i mean what did you think about that on re-listen
0: well the Tila, they've only played Four Tila's since this show, so that's five years. I've seen three of those four actually. Interestingly enough, also Skinny, I saw my first Tila at my first show at Meriwether Post, and you saw your first Tila at Meriwether Post in 2010. So I thought that that was interesting statistically. There, Tila is very touching. I love the lyrics. This is a very well played version. It doesn't go out there. Tila's is a pretty straight, straightforward delivery. You're right on the Karini too. Karini can be deep and dark and spacey, a little scary at times. I really like that description and that feeling that you get like, Ooh, what's happening? Like kind of a dark and dirty type of jam. This is a seven minute run through. It's tight, it's clean, but again, we're talking a bunch of seven minute long songs here. Nothing is really pushing the boundaries of the song, of the band's range, but they are very tight. They work in some of the chilling, thrilling screams there. They're bringing that in. Fishman's kind of doing a little bit of scatting at the beginning there on the microphone. They're not doing anything spectacular or imaginary in this seven-minute run-through of really any of these songs. I mean, the next song, 20 Years Later, is, you know, usually it's a jam vehicle, right? It's like a light. They're going to come in, they're going to play that. They can take it for a 10 or 12-minute ride and do a couple of cool things with it. I like 20 Years Later. I think it's a good song. But again, you're talking about a sub seven minute version here, so it doesn't really get the opportunity to be used for a jam vehicle. I mean, hell, even the antelope that comes in next was under 10 minutes. I mean, you would think a standard delivery antelope is going to be what, 13 minutes, 14 minutes, right? This is very compact, I think would be a good way to describe this antelope. Super tight. It's definitely fun. It's definitely ragey but it's a compact version of it that they get in and out of in under 10 minutes. In some ways, maybe it felt, and maybe this is a, something that you can speak to, did you feel like the band was maybe racing through these things? Were Was there a, a sense of impatience that they were trying to get through these songs? It's not even like they played 25 songs in this show, right?
1: Right, I mean, I would just say this, it- it reminds me of professional development as a teacher, where they have all these sessions and they're, you know, seven or eight minute sessions with a lot of information. And if you get one thing from it, it's supposed to be helpful. Most of the time, out of the 10 sessions that you see, you get one thing out of the 10 sessions. That's really how it works. I don't know. I, I was like, is somebody sick this night? You know, now that I look at it, <laughs> I was like, did. Did you have the runs like we got to get through this material you know what i mean or were they were they working on it in order to stretch it out in other venues down the line for the rest of the tour you know i have no idea you know i don't know why they do the things that they do but i i think it's interesting and you know they end with a backwards down the number line which is another like professional development song here's another one for you we all love you you know all of our friends and, and this is a very deep song for us but we're only going to play it for this long we're not even going to really stretch it out i think it's crazy how they stacked the deck here and did not really go deep on anything with the exception of a yem, just because of the construction of the song and then the disease i mean and that's
0: basically it and that's 40 minutes of music right there that they backed up end of first set beginning of second set I do have to disagree with you about this fish show being like a professional development for teachers because I sit and complain at all of the professional developments and I probably wouldn't have complained too much sitting in the crowd I know there are a lot of teachers that listen to us here on Stub Me Down shout out to all of you teachers I hope you are enjoying an amazing summer vacation well deserved I know that your professional development, when it comes back around in the fall, be less exciting than even this fish show so (laughs) but I do understand your point as far as they are running through a bunch of things you do get some stats in here with the vultures and the Tila so it it counts as a pretty good show we've talked about the show on paper is a great show definitely agree with you that we're really only looking at two deeper dives and you enjoy myself I wouldn't necessarily call that version a deeper dive it just has always has a little bit of room in it because of the song structure and then the disease coming in in the in the opening of a of a second set you're going to get around a 20 minute piece here in that 20 minutes they're going to do do some things with it even though this is a good version kind of tight kind of limited the number line i thought was really good the number line again this is a jam vehicle type of tune this comes in at under 10 minutes, but there's a nice middle part there where usually that kind of takes off and explodes. This, they kind of bring it down a little bit and kind of a reflective jam in the middle of this backwards down the number line and we've talked about number line on, on a few occasions and I don't know skinny if you've listened to alive again the podcast about Trey but Trey and Tom Marshall talk a little bit about number line and Tom sending the song as a poem to Trey when Trey was going through his difficulty and Tom and Trey hadn't talked for a while and Trey took the lyrics put it to music and then kind of triggered the rebirth of fish um, in 2009 so I always like the song it has specific meaning for our friend Sarah and me and and I always think of her when when we hear it shout out to Sarah love you hope you're doing well just a nice version so they have kind of that middle part where they dial it back down but then they bring it back up to a a show closing peak and it's a good version again not anything you're going to explode about not something that's exploratory or a deep dive but a well-played version of this tune and then we get to the encore and you get a lizard's encore i mean again on paper this show has the goods and a double encore with Lizards, Loving Cup. I know Loving Cup is a popular encore and, and a lot of people have that on the books in their stats, but getting a double encore with the Lizards to start it is pretty cool. Did you stay for this one? Come on, man. <laughs> if I go to confession, you're
1: supposed to listen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if I'm confessing something, you should just be like, all right. Let me hear. It had started to rain at the end of that backwards down the number line, probably right at the beginning or or in the middle of it, which is interesting that you said there was a reflective jam about. It was a little bit different and I listened to it. That jam is a little bit different. Sometimes Trey jumps into that thing and I, I really like it. The way that he plays, he can play it differently. And he did on this night and it did start to rain. And when I say rain, it started to pour and then they opened up with the lizards. We had already made that decision. Most of the time, I'm the one that just calls the ball. I'm like, let's start walking out. So we walked up to the top of the lawn and then heard the lizards as we were walking out. Of course, we have a friend that was with us and a couple other people. Uh, It was a little bit of a crew up there that we had met up with. Gave me shit about leaving during the lizards. But I'm like, it's not gonna be the last time I hear it. Knock on wood. (laughs) And then as I was getting into the car, I heard Loving (laughs) Cup.
0: So. (laughs) And at that point, you're probably like, all right, good decision.
1: Yeah, and I think so, because we had about a 15 minute drive back to this bed and breakfast. And the other thing was, is, you know, we had been in Hartford all day. We had been up early in the morning, getting up there and getting ready. And so talk about Journey Proud. I mean, that is like a long trip. When it's pouring down rain, that kind of sealed the deal. Like, all right, well, I'm not going to stand out here in the rain for one or two more songs and just get soaked and be miserable. We had been in Hartford all day, and let me tell you, Hartford is not a town where you can find anything. (laughs) Like, we tried to find a pub or a bar. I was like, Hartford? I was like, I spent a year there one night. (laughs) <laughs> so it was crazy because we couldn't find anywhere to go. And then what happened was because we left and we got out of there, we went back to our bed and breakfast and we, rain had stopped by then where we were and we opened up the tailgate and we kind of had a couple beers and hung out by ourselves like in the parking lot of a bed and breakfast, which I'm sure for the patrons of that bed and breakfast are like, what are these people doing? But it was fun and we had an amazing time for our first show together, Amy and I, and they did. They played some, some really great music And i know it sounds like i'm complaining i'm not i didn't complain at the show i thought it was awesome it just it's some interesting stuff when you take a look back at it years later and say wow what were they doing here this night that they they played all these great songs but they didn't really catch fire i don't know it's it just sounds like a complaint but it's not i had an awesome time we had an awesome time it was a great experience you know i had no problems with the venue there was nothing going on that was Out of Bounds or Weird. It was a great show. We we had a great time.
0: Well, and it's a memorable experience because you have this first show with Amy, Highway Jill. You have this great experience of going up there. I do have to laugh about you getting back to the B&B and hanging out in the parking lot. That's one thing about Hippies, man. We will turn any parking lot into a party. I think we talked about that a little bit on the last episode with Craig and Carrie and the parking lot is an event and i you know i know people that go to you know football games and stuff tailgate and you hang out in the parking lot but nobody does it quite like us as far as this show i i think you're right this is a on paper this is a great show It was a very well played show. There were no mistakes, there were no flubs. The band sounds like they're having fun on stage and it would have been a great show to be at, but there was no exploratory deep dive, really jam filled parts of this except for the you enjoy myself and the disease let me just run down the second set real quick to review they opened the second with down with disease into sand into "Tila," carini into 20 years later into run like an antelope into backwards down the number line which closed the second set and you got a double encore this night in hartford with the lizards and loving cup so again, we're talking heavy hitters here with the disease, a Carini, the lizards, an antelope, you enjoy myself, Haley's comment. you're definitely getting those. You definitely get a couple of, I won't call them bust outs, but maybe rarer tunes with the vultures in the first set. Even Meat is a little bit of a rarer tune that people might not have seen a lot of. And then of course, Tila in the second set, that's gonna be a rarity that people are gonna be pretty stoked about. So they put a couple of those in, They put a couple heavy hitters in, they put a couple of staples in with the free and the birds of a feather, throw it all together and you got a fish show. There are a lot of these types of shows. And as you said, it's not a bad show. We're definitely not complaining, even though it might sound a little bit like that. But I definitely enjoyed listening back to this show and I definitely had a lot of fun hearing it. And then of course, the sentimentality of this particular show as it relates to you and Amy is cool and makes it memorable in and of itself, even if, you know, you guys didn't get a jam fest.
1: Yeah, and that's the whole thing, right? It's the experience of seeing the show with somebody else um, and somebody that you care about. And we have that memory now. And I mean, we listened to Let Me Lie because that was a bust out, like I said, in the beginning of the show for, I don't know, a couple months. months, just be kind of, you know, it just kind of became our tune. We still love that tune together. So there are things like that that make it memorable. I wouldn't put this on the top 25 shows I've ever seen, but again, I'll go with you. You know, my favorite show was the one that I'm at and that show that night was the one that I was
0: at and it was awesome. Not for nothing, you're taking a trip with someone you're you're learning their way of doing a show and there's a process to it and you're also trying to at that point maybe still impress a little bit right you know we want to make sure we look good barely (laughs) you don't want to let all of the you know the demons out on night (laughs) night one right you don't want to shoot yourself in the foot especially for somebody that you like eventually married her. So obviously it went pretty well. And you've seen a lot of shows with Amy. She's a great tour buddy. Um, She fills my shoes very nicely, which as Megan filled your shoes, as we started seeing shows together as well. So it's awesome that this was the kickoff to that. And I think that in and of itself makes this a, a very cool show to have been at. Skinny, you got anything else on Hartford, Connecticut from July 9th, 2016 at the Xfinity Theater? That summer tour 2016, that was a lot of fun, man.
1: Yeah, it was. I have some really good memories of that tour. The man was really good. Going up to the show with Amy was, was a great experience and one I will never forget. But no, I don't have anything else except, as usual on our show, we have partnered with some people that are responsible for selling merchandise and really cool items not only on the lot but also virtually which is what they've been doing for this past year these purveyors we like to mention the first one is fan designs which is p-h-a-n-d-e-s-i-g-n-z and that's scott mitchell who is a friend of ours he's actually up at the peach festival right now so I don't know if he's kind of working and going, but I think they're having a good time up there. I
0: just reached out to him yesterday. It looked like a lot of people were having fun at the Peach Festival. I think there was a little bit of weather, but from what I've seen, people are still raging and having a good time. I'm sure that that's just fine. A lot of great lineup there, too. I think Oysterhead plays tonight, so that'll be cool. I can't wait to hear that.
1: Yeah, that is really cool, especially the Oysterhead thing, because I know that they were all geared up for that tour, and that got dropped, too, just like everything else did. But also the lot by Primal Soup, who we just had on in our last episode, which is a virtual lot where you can get all kinds of merchandise. I just saw like a really cool shop where you can get your first show on a tape deck, put your first show, and then it says fish underneath if it was fish. It's just a really cool shirt. It's something that I hadn't seen so there's things like that, jewelry, candles, vegan stuff. I mean, you name it, they got it. The last shop that I'll mention is Jamazon. Jamazon.com has these amazing hats. So we've been repping them. If you're following us on Instagram or Twitter and you see pictures, more than likely we have a Jamazon hat
0: on because their hats are money. That CK5 hat you're wearing is pretty dope. I have one, but yours is pretty dope too.
1: Yeah, that's CK5 hat if you don't have one of those you're missing out i don't care if you twin me on this thing it's really really cool plus my wife has a Yem hat i have a grateful dead american flag one i have a jerry garcia band one i don't know i'm gonna start running out of room to like put hats i need another like a another shelf or closet it's ridiculous and i can't wear hats at work or whatever i don't know what it is with hats you're like that too but jamazon has great hats please check them out. They have such good stuff and their new designs come out all the time. They just busted out an antelope design, which they had a giveaway for. So please check their website and Instagram page for giveaways. You might have something big coming up that we'll announce too, not only on our pages, but Jamazon as well that we're going to partner for. I just don't want to say anything yet until I get the finer details, but we're so happy to partner with all those people and They make us do what we do to reach out to community and then to help those people that are part of the community so that they can also partner with us and we get more listeners and they get more buyers and the world is a circle, bro.
0: Yeah. One of the big things for us is the community aspect of our scene. We miss that. We want to get back to it. We wanna support our friends. We wanna make some new friends. And like I said in previous episodes, gotta look fresh getting on the lot. It's been a long time since we've all been together. So I'm sure that everybody's t-shirt game is gonna be on point. And if you're a hat freak like me, you'll probably have some new ones that you'll be busting out on tour. As always, we are grateful for you checking us out here on Stub Me Down. If you want to continue the conversation with us, you can follow us on the socials. We are on Twitter at stub underscore me underscore down. And we are also on Instagram at the same address, stub underscore me underscore down skinny thanks so much for stubbing me down today i really enjoyed talking about this fish show from hartford connecticut on july 9th 2016 at the xfinity theater a lot of fun to check this one out and hear about that first experience with you and Amy. Can't wait to get into our next episode. We only have a few left on the second season here. We're going to be coming in and wrapping up our last few episodes. We've got a lot more in store though for this season, so I can't wait to get to it. Yeah, man. Me neither. Let's get back to work. Cool, man. All right. Well, thanks again for checking us out here on Stub Me Down. Enjoy those shows out there. We can't wait to see you on tour. And we will see you the next time you need to get out of your shitty seats and down to the path. Later, everybody.